heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. The one thing we can all learn from politics, uh, my fellow Americans, is that politics is a team sport, but it also is a blood sport. And you know, one of the things I learned as a young guy, uh, this, you know, this whole, well, a lot of people would say uh, that, you know, they don't get involved or they don't, they don't, like politics is dirty. So they don't want to, they don't have an opinion on something or they don't vote. That even drives me crazier, you know? Uh, so I don't have an opinion, and so I don't really know. You know, it's like you know, and 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 I would hear this a lot. And the thing about it is, remember that saying that goes back some years there that you either get involved in politics, or politics will surely get involved in you. And isn't that the case, really? Isn't that the case? You know, and we all have to learn that. And that's how I I sort of uh, rally people on a lot of independents or independent-minded people that don't vote or they don't get engaged in the process, how important it is. But it is indeed a team sport. It's also a blood sport. I want to talk to you today a little bit of politics. We'll cover the Middle East a bit. Uh, We'll cover, but I want to talk about the speaker race. We haven't been able to get to that on the broadcast as much because of the Middle East crisis. There are some massive major developments there we will discuss today. And on the program today, uh, excited to have on Dr. Steve Latulip will be here. Ilana Friedman will be here. And who knows, we may have a couple of other drop-in guests as well. So let's get uh, started here. And welcome in, by the way, to the Voice of a Nation. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here. Privileged to be with you always, my fellow Americans, and all of our beautiful friends around the world. Uh, now, let's talk some politics now. Now, I don't know if you've noticed here with this speaker race or not, but There is a distinct difference between Democrat leadership and Republican leadership. This is important. Please follow along closely here, and let me explain a few things to you. The Democrat Party is in complete control of their political party and their people. I mean, complete control. If they say, jump, the people will say, how high would you like us to jump? That is a fact. Pelosi was always able to manage just as well as Jeffries is. They're able to manage. They all vote in lockstep. They do everything in lockstep. Democrat leadership decides who will be the head of the party, even. they That's all d- designed in advance, all done. That's their form of a democracy, in fact, Okay. And their message, their messaging is tightly controlled. You remember the time they had the whole Black Lives Matter thing and all that? They were all on knees and they all had the uh, sort of the uh, the African attire on. And, you know, it was was a bit of a spectacle to have political people doing that in the Capitol. Remember, all of them sitting there was a picturesque moment. You can still find those pictures today on the Internet, of course, you know. But everything's tightly controlled in the Democrat Party. They stopped Bernie Sanders, not once, but twice. He had the most votes. He was the, he was the cat who would have won it, who's a straight-out socialist, which is where the party was headed for a while. It's been trending that way for quite some time. But they stopped him in 2016 
with Hillary Clinton, and they stopped him again in 2020 with uh, Joe Biden. Okay. Now, if you just go back, by the way, to 2017, you remember remember a name from the past? You don't hear from this person much anymore, but uh, Donna Brazil, remember her? She, in fact, was the head. She was running the DNC for a while as well. It was very controversial herself. And if you go back there, there are plenty of headlines back in all about late 2017, you'll find them. And she said, oh, I have proof. I have proof that Clinton rigged the primary against Sanders. I mean, it's all over the place. But again, they kind of patted her down and told her to step in line and knock it off. And she wrote a book on it. But she eventually shut up and moved along. And they're pretty good at doing that. Even the squad, even when they get a little rambunctious, which is plenty, the 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 far crazy people, uh, even when they step out of turn, uh, you know, they are able to, uh, you know, threaten them, I guess. they Maybe they have something on them personally. I don't know. But they're also able to get them to clamp down and, and stop it. Uh, I'm speaking about the radical leftist, Marxist, progressive, uh, Democrat, communist, uh, all of these people. You know what I'm speaking about, that group, you know. Uh, they still manage to shut them down. And, and they get everyone in formation marching toward a big government, globalist takeover on American values. That is today's radical leftist marxist progressive communist democrat party that is who they are just like some dictator in a third world country yes master we'll do what you want that's exactly who they are and they get the job done and it's all part of the globalist takeover of america and american values these people despise america first they despise MAGA. They don't want any make America great again ever. They prefer America to be a third world shithole, which is their vision of the country. That's where this group of people sit. And, you know, for those old time politicians who still vote that way because their grandfather did and their great great grandfather did and whatever. You know, at some point you need some smell and salt and you got to wake up. And I've got some people like that in the family, by the way, who I can't stand to have any conversation. You cannot have me in the room with these people. I break out into hides. You could just imagine Mr. Out Loud there. I mean, I go, I just cannot do it and put up with a senseless conversation from people. I've got a, uh, an aunt and a, and a great aunt and a whatever. And, the, and of course, they're really silent right now as they see the country erupting and Biden's border policies and the rest of it. They don't have a lot to say anymore, but they still hate that rascally little Trump yeah, that's that's true. What I just shared with you there. Yeah. And of course, my wife knows that. And she always makes sure I'm not in the company of those people. Wise decision on her end, for sure. Hmm. I'm probably not the kind of guy you want to invite to the family function. I'm sure it'll end up being a food fight. I am certain. You know, maybe it's because there are those of us who passionately love our country we're not willing to back down and we see the problem we see the people who are the problem and we call them out accordingly now the republican party the republican party i mean listen over over the last couple of elections we've seen a shift we've seen a shift of more conservatives coming into the house and coming into power, positions of power. 
And there's still, you know, quite a few of the rhino cockroaches around, uh, for sure. But a lot of them fled during and after Trump. You remember, you know what I'm speaking about. A lot of them left, and right, just like cockroaches in the in the in the midst of the night. And that was a beautiful thing for America to get some of them out of there. But what's happening in the Republican Party? There's a there's a lot of uh, unsettling on this. Uh, conservative agenda that and that's where Jim Jordan is having a hard time and now has had a very difficult time in his uh, third approach to try to become Speaker of the House. In fact, they just have uh, voted in a private session uh, on Friday here. Uh, They have just knocked down and said that they're not going to put uh, Jordan back in there uh, for a fourth term. That's kind of awkward too, or odd. McCarthy got 15 shots at it. Scalise got one. Jordan got three, but the natives are getting a little restless, you might say. And it's because they're starting to look like darn fools is what they're starting to look like, is what's happening here, you know. Now, uh, interestingly enough, I want to read you this uh, quote from uh, Republican Greg Murphy of North Carolina. Uh, He said it on on his way into that vote for the third time. He said, it's kind of like baseball. Three strikes and you're out meaning that's all they were going to give McCarthy. And it seems to be the way it is. It seems like they're not going to let him pass again. Um, And, you know, watching it on early Friday morning, um, McCarthy had a very passionate speech on the floor, on the House floor. And in in renominating Jim Jordan for the role of speaker, it was very strong, very good. Uh, I thought thought, uh, McCarthy did a pretty good job. And he mentioned they're good friends and so on and so forth. Now, Jordan is surely to the right of McCarthy. But I got a lot more respect for McCarthy uh, in full disclosure with you. I've never been a big fan of his uniparty rhino politics, frankly, as a conservative. But I had more respect from him. The fact that he had the courage to get up on the House floor, have that speech, endorse Jordan, speak in a, a real affirmative uh, um senses the the way he his uh the vernacular of his words and his voice and the way it resonated very sincere is what i'm saying very sincere and i and i thought maybe for a moment it would rally and then what i was hoping is that they would have scalise up after that with another speech in other words get those other people there and maybe have one or two others this is what i would have done I would have one or two of the other sort of on the fence kind of naysayers that they would have talked to behind closed doors, which is how they do this thing, friends, always. And they would have had them all revved up and ready to go is what I was hoping for. And I thought, oh, because once I seen McCarthy, I thought, well, they've got a plan here. All right. Hallelujah. They've got a plan. They're going to do this thing. And we're going to have a conservative speaker of the house. Amen. Hallelujah. Didn't work that way. Exactly. (laughs) Went with McCarthy and it burnt out right there. And they didn't pass it. I would have done a complete run-on. I would have had one, two, three, four, five, six. I would have had enough people up there that there was no way. In other words, that would have been the sign of victory. There was no way he wouldn't have got those 217 votes needed to become Speaker of the 118th Congress. Absolutely. But they didn't do that, friends. So... There are 25 Republicans voted against Jordan uh, in the third round. That was up from 22 in the second ballot and 20 in the initial ballot. So he's going the wrong way, more or less, is what you'd say, you know. 
uh, Oklahoma uh, Republican Kevin Hearn said Republicans are still focused on electing Jordan. This was, of course, just before that third vote. Uh, I'm not sure that's going to be the case now. It looks like they have voted behind closed doors that that will not be the case. And Jordan, this wasn't something he wanted in his full life. So he's probably going to uh, just go along with it. In other words, he this wasn't like McCarthy, some lifelong ambition. He was doing it as a sense and a need of leadership in our country. That is Jim Jordan, in fact. Uh, and, you know, truth be told, as I shared with you on the weekend broadcast with others, uh, Jim Jordan would have been a, fact, Dinesh D'Souza and I talked about that last week, would have been a fantastic a fantastic Speaker of the House. And even uh, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, we talked about as well, felt the same thing. Uh, we would have had a conservative Speaker of the House, uh, which is a change than what we've had in there for a while, you know. But here's the, here's the bulletin I want to get to. The Republican Party is more reflective of America's diversity. Yes, you have moderates, you have independents, and you still have establishment players no doubt, you still have the cockroach rhinos. I get it. I get it. Hopefully, they'll continue to dissipate and run like the cockroaches. They are, I hope. But you have more conservatives coming into the party that are embracing America first. They see what the leftist policies are doing. So that's what's happening, friends, right now. I want to report. I'm, I'm actually happy to report to you. This is not a bad thing of what's happened and transpired here that I can see other than the fact they didn't get it across the finish line for Jim Jordan, sadly. Now we'll see what happens next. Somebody suggested they lock themselves in there for the weekend with uh, with uh, uh, pizza and beer, maybe, or whatever. Uh, pizza and wine, maybe the pizza and bourbon. They'll get drunk and they'll get the job done or something. I don't know. They might be able to solve some problems at that point. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, you know. But, um, you know, Nancy Pelosi, it even takes me a moment to ramp up the courage to utter her name because she's a despicable character in American politics, for sure. So throughout all of this, as they're trying to get Jordan in, she says, and I quote, it was a triumph for democracy because she would never, ever say, remember now, Pelosi would never say it was a triumph for our constitutional republic. That would never come out of her mouth. Clearly, we understand that, Nance. It was a triumph for democracy in our country that an insurrectionist was rejected by the Republicans again as the candidate for speaker were her words. We've always wished the winning party well as they choose their leader. I've never in the decades that I've been here, when we've had a speaker's race on our side or their side, we've always respected each other's judgment, she said. Well, when they're playing to the uniparty, that's easy to do. When you're trying to bring America back from the ashes, that's a different animal. And Pelosi is responsible for getting it in the ashes, frankly. So that's a different animal entirely. But she calls him an insurrectionist. You know, that really got me unsettled it got me angry it it um it it pulled out the worst thoughts and i started to think to myself why wouldn't that be a rallying call for the republicans to come together 
and to tell Nancy Pelosi to go to hell. Why wasn't that? Why didn't they get that quote on the floor of the House? Why didn't the Republicans have the courage and the intellect to get that quote on the floor and tell Nancy Pelosi to go to hell? Why? Why do they miss such clear opportunities? Why? And that, that is uh, the question I raise here. I think they could have got Jim Jordan over the finish line had they done any of this. Obviously, they didn't call me for my advice, or I would have gladly got uh, flown up there and given it to them, you see? But they didn't ask, friends. You know, the bottom line is this with the Republicans. It is great to have diversity. It is great to have a, a party of diversity. It is great to be reflective of America. But at some point, my fellow Americans, as my mother often said to me as a young boy, she'd say, Malcolm, you need to know enough to come out of the rain. And it is raining like hell out there in the House of Representatives. And the Republicans still have not come out of the rain. Now it's turned into hail and a snowstorm. Sad. <laughs> Dr. Steve Latula, this Republican-Democrat quandary we're faced with here. And again, I, you know, not so much. I don't have a problem. Independents, moderates, you know, rhino cockroaches, whatever it is. I get it. I get it. I get it. Conservatives, the influx of all of that. The party. I mean, I think they've missed the golden opportunity here, but I think we need to continue to point out to the American people who the Democrat Party is, what that establishment is about. But really what's missed on so many people, Steve, that are so ironic, they are like a cult, a cult. When they tell their people to all drink Kool-Aid, they darn well drink the Kool-Aid, even the nasty ones, even the squad, the nasty ones, they drink the Kool-Aid. The right they don't do it, my, bro my brother. They don't do it. I just wish they'd come out of the rain. I'm not asking them to drink the Kool-Aid, but just come out of the rain at least to make a decision. What do you say to that? Um, yeah, Malcolm, it's it's just very obvious to me that the Democrat Party is very much not Democrat. Not They are full socialist, full communist, in my opinion, uh, with a uniparty twist. You know, you want to call it what you, whatever you want to call it. But anyway, one thing that I see that really disgusts me is that, you know, here we have the majority in the House and we have these Republicans who have a very simple task before them. But I've learned that they have lost their way and you can never underestimate the ability of the Republicans to mess up something that should be so simple to get done. They have the majority in the House, just select a House Speaker. How hard should that be? It, it just disgusts me. We have yeah. lost our way. And I think what it's going to amount to is we have to suffer some more. And right. I think that's what's ahead. What do you think about uh, this, um, the, the cult measure of the Democrat Party? This major point I'm trying to bring to the earwaves, I want you to speak about a moment. The fact that the calculus in the Democrat Party, they're able to march in lockstep like a cult. They drink the Kool-Aid. The right does not. And I've often said, even early on before this exercise of a speaker, I sort of envied them early on thinking they could get anything done. We, in other words, we never, the word we used to use, Steve, was unify. The Republican Party never unified. 
I look at it as almost in some ways, though, a breath of fresh air with the fact that we have diversity in the party and we're trying to get uh, constitutional, but also conservative uh, freedoms and rights back into the party. It's a breath of fresh air. The last couple of elections of people that want to bring us more to an America first conservative agenda. This is an important point that we point out this cult-like attitude back to what I shared with Pelosi, Donna Brazil, the DNC. They picked their presidents, all of that, their candidates. Don't you think that that's something we need to point out? Absolutely, it is. I mean, uh, Nancy Pelosi calls him an insurrectionist. Uh, remember, today also, I believe it was, Hakeem Jeffries came out and called Jordan a clear and present danger to our democracy. And as See, you why said, didn't what? that get the Republicans riled up? I don't know. This is what really irritates me. Well, I agree. It fires me up right away. And all I can say is that we, we still have these rhinos in the Republican Party who simply refuse to stop their destructive games. They know absolutely nothing about loyalty. They know nothing about unity. And as far as I'm concerned, they know nothing about transparency. I don't know what they're thinking. How can they justify what they have done right right do you think there might be uh do, do you do you see them possibly uh, let's think a minute step back a minute look at the spe speaker race and everything that's happened with now mccarthy throwing the 15 times it took him to get him then them throwing him out matt gates throwing him out okay and then uh scalise and now jordan then wherever it goes now do you think this could possibly become an ad campaign for the next house race for the Democrats? Uh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one because who are they going to be campaigning for? Uh, you know, who do they want for, for their speaker? Well, they want Jeffries, I'm sure. Right. But, but won't, they, won't they, the Democrats, couldn't they use this to attract more? Uh, in other words, in the Democrat Republican races and a lot of these, uh, uh, states, couldn't they use this that like, oh, my God, the Republicans can't even get their program together to elect a speaker. Why would you put this Republican in office? Let's go with this dumbass Democrat. Well, I, I think that's exactly what they did when they voted in unison, as always, uh, to uh, oust uh, McCarthy, because they thought I really believe they, that they thought they can just win a few of the rhinos over and they can get their man in there. Hakeem Jeffries. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just I really believe, Steve, they blow it here. Uh, Ilana Friedman, I, surely I know you do politics as well and you get a little dander under your uh, thoughts here. Let's get it out, please. And tell you, I want to talk with everything you see, uh, Ilana, this this cult. like I think it's a cult like attitude, drinking Kool-Aid. When Pelosi says or the DNC says it's going to be this, they never rebuke it. They didn't do that with their nominee. They knew they screwed them over the cuckoo's nest with uh, Bernie Sanders. They know they were picking the candidates for the last many elections. Why do you think this time uh, RFK uh, switched the whole thing, had to go to another party because they're not doing a they're not doing a debate. They're not doing a primary. They're not letting them in. They don't care how much attention or popularity they think he has. They're picking their horse. And they're going to stay with their horse or they're picking their donkey, I should say, their jackass. And they're going to stay with the jackass. Uh, what do you say to all that, Lana, this cult-like thing? I, I have to agree with you. I think Jim Jordan would have made an outstanding speaker. And the fact that a small group of Republicans who have the majority, I mean, the Republicans are there with a very small majority, but still they've got it. And they undermined the entire Republican side of Congress by refusing to work with the group, work with their group, and elect a speaker. 
in in this case, it would have been Jim Jordan. Before him, it was McCarthy. And now who knows what's going to happen. I don't think they understand exactly what their job is, what they're supposed to be doing there. And how, much, un- how much damage is this doing uh, at this moment with the speaker race to the Republican Party, do you think? And could this be used, as I was just asking Steve a moment ago, yeah, could this be used as a campaign advertisement for the Democrats for many of these local house races? The fact that they can't even walk and chew, chew gum or elect a speaker, for God's sakes. Absolutely. I mean, they are they're totally dysfunctional. The, uh, Congress has a job to do, particularly now when there are two wars going on that we are involved in in one way or another, and and they are they're 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 not functioning. They're not doing what they have been elected to do, and and it's 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 mind boggling to me. I don't understand what they're doing there, yeah. except that they're they're taking care of their own business at the expense of the country. Yeah, I think they've missed a a big opportunity here now. And frankly, to have somebody at the class and the level, and it it is class and sophistication of a Congressman Jim Jordan as a speaker would have been a real windfall uh, for the coming years for the Republican Party. They did a lot of damage here, I think. And even Steve Scalise uh, is a good man. Now, he's suffering with some health problems, and which is the only reason the only singular reason I would not have, because I would definitely support a Steve Scalise. These are both conservatives, and they're both far to the right of McCarthy. Uh, part of the problem is a lot of these characters, they go along to get along. That's one of the things, Alana, I like a little bit about the Republican, actually a lot, is there's more diversity of thought and standing for these America First principles. There's more conservatism coming into the party. I, I, I think there's a point here, I just feel in my gut, that the more we keep talking about this and aligning our thoughts with the American people, that the Democrat Party is a fraud. They pick the candidate who is going to run for president every time. It's not the Democrats that are picking it at the local and state level. It's the freaking party. It's the grand poobah and a back smoky filled room somewhere who determine who it's going to be or who it's not going to be. They've been doing that for some years now. It's a fact. It's a fact. So it doesn't matter if you want to run. So it's all preordained what they're doing here. So it's a cult. They're all drinking Kool-Aid over there. They get them all to march and lock and step. I mean, you can sort of envy it to a point, I mean, from a distance. But as you get closer to it, like I have, um, it's hazardous and it's bad for the country. And oh, the other thing, Alana, it's bad for their, and I put my hands up in quotes, it's bad for their form of democracy. What do you say to that? I say that they have the wrong name for their party. Uh, they're, they are so far from democracy and from democratic principles that I think they, they need a new name and they need to. I've got the name for them. The dumbass, okay. dumbass jackasses. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think I probably would they would not accept that. But I I think, uh, you know, people stopped calling them the Democratic Party a long time ago. They're, they call them Democrats and they call them the Democrat Party. But there's nothing democratic about anything they do. Well, that's what even the candidate, Alana, that's a point to focus on right this moment. What what you just said, there's nothing democratic about anything they're doing. I mean, every you know, that's the thing. And and Steve, this is so important. The, the, what they do on the left so well is projectionism 101. These people invented it. They are even the name of their their lifeless party is exactly point. The only thing they got right, Steve, there's one thing they got right. 
using the jackass as a symbol for their political party. <laughs> oh, I agree. They 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 have they've done it very well. They've pulled together well. They have shown America and the world uh, what will prevail under their rule. And in some ways, I rejoice uh, about it, Malcolm, because I, I see all the horrible things uh, resulting from their rule. And that's why we are seeing more and more converts to America first, which actually produces a better America. So I think that in the long run, if we can endure and keep speaking, as you say, expose them, right. expose their hypocrisy, their stupidity, their evil, I think we're going to win a lot more people to say, you know, let's, we had something really good. Let's get it back. Right. That's right. Isn't that, isn't that perfectly said? We had something really good. Yeah. That something really good was called the United States of America, Steve. It was a constitutional exactly. republic that the framers left us with, correct? You know? Exactly <laughs> it was. I mean, it's not a stretch. I mean, you know, we're blessed. We're a blessed people. We're blessed. We're, I mean, I, the blessings here, I, I just, every day I have to pinch myself to think I was born in this amazing country. Uh, and, and it's hard sometimes to call it amazing today. And it's still amazing. I mean, the country itself and the origins of who we are as a people, and the power of we the people and the power of this and the fact that, you know, we are we are God's choice to lead this thing, to fight the, the fight of good. Isn't that right, Steve? Well, it sure seems that way. Uh, we, we were certainly given that opportunity uh, by God. We held uh, the ship pretty tight and ran it well for a while. Uh, but unfortunately, we've become very poor stewards of that position. That's right. That's right. It is exactly right. And now we are 247 years into the experiment, my fellow Americans and uh, our friends around the world. I don't know what you're all thinking out there as you look at all of this, uh, this uh, tribal politics or uh, cockroach politics, you could call it as well. But it is a blood sport. We know that. But again, the Republicans have to learn it's a team sport as well. And they really haven't learned that. And they've blown a, a, a direct opportunity here in the light of this, to be able to take the power and really put it forth. Uh, I'm really ashamed. I, I want to end in this part of the conversation. I want to say this and end this point here, friends. I am ashamed of these so-called Republicans now and what they've done uh, through this Scalise-Jordan excursion here. Uh, I'm ashamed the fact that they didn't come together as a team sport and come to some conclusions. Uh, it's become too petty up there. Petty politics has become a personal witch game of I don't like you, you don't like me, let's not work together because we hate each other. Hence, Matt Gates and Kevin McCarthy. Uh, but, you know, and we're seeing that now with Jim Jordan and some of the uh, the more moderate rhinos that are still hanging in there, evidently, or whatever. They just don't like whatever it is, something about Jordan, because he, he doesn't do the brand of cornflakes that they uh, prefer. Uh, they, we've missed a, a genuine opportunity here, sadly. Uh, conservatives have, I'm speaking of. Uh, America first. Um, and, and that's uh, important to point out here. Uh, okay. want to talk about uh, some Middle East activities going on in just moments here and some big news uh, happening that you uh, may have heard of, but uh, the uh, with the Hamas terrorist group and releasing some hostages, some prisoners there, uh, for because of the kindness of their heart out of humanitarian reasons, because 
these people are so humanitarian-like and so heartfelt that it would just be the way, the thing that they would do, of course. I've got a few bridges right over Brooklyn to sell you right along with that statement, my fellow Americans. But I guess we can cut through the cheese pretty quick, can't we now? You know, uh, listen, uh, let me tell you as well, as you listen to the broadcast here, and I'm sure you all, many of you know, with our uh, followers and people uh, here all around the world who listen to this amazing network of voices and talented people all over the world, indeed, is that uh, we have a tremendous weekend a program broadcast tremendous our new programming on the weekends on america out loud talk radio play from eight in the morning uh to 11 at night with all brand new I mean, that's crazy people that's insane nobody does that and we do it here and it's something we committed ourselves to over the last couple of years because we seen the need and the thirst uh, of that was needed for knowledge and it's such a diverse lineup of, of voices in fact, Dr. Steve LaTulip has his own show, by the way. It's a Unity Without Compromise is the name of the show. And you'll hear him 5 p.m. Saturday and Sunday, by the way. Help us share the out loud truth back at AmericaOutloud.news. And of course, as always, make sure to visit AmericaOutloud.shop where you get all those products at the negotiated discounted rates for a healthier life. Uh, stay on top of things. I know my wife and I take a lot of the great products in there. And I'm sure a lot of you do as well. Uh, so AmericaOutloud.shop. Always do your research. Always check out what you're taking, friends. Never take anybody's word for it. There's a lot of research on all those sites on great products. But always be comfortable with what you're putting into your body. And I always tell people that it's important. We'll take a quick pause. You're listening to The Voice of a Nation. Listen to Malcolm, The Voice of a Nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix Rx. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix Rx is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Out loud.
changing the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome back to the Voice of the Nation. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly, and uh, thank you, a privilege to be with you always. Thank you for joining me on the mission, uh, my fellow Americans, and all of our beautiful friends around the world. And uh, a lot of things happening in the world right now. Uh, first of all, you, if you followed the president's speech, and many of you don't, a lot of people don't listen to the president's speech because it's painful to listen to him. Uh, it really is painful. He is not, he's never been a good orator, a fox. He's never been a good communicator and in his best days, he was not. And now in his worst days, it's a very painful deal to sit and listen to this man in any capacity. Uh, and I know my wife can't do it at all. She crawls out of the room. I mean, if I have him on for any moments of seconds, uh, he sounds like he's on his last breath, like he's, you know, trying gasping for air. And he's, I don't know. I got talking about Ukraine and Belize. I mean, you just can't understand him. You know, you just got to say whatever. I mean, he's past the point. He's like a stale loaf of bread. At some point, you got to get rid of the loaf of bread. I mean, or the sour milk. He's past the date of expiration there, man. Whatever that is. I don't know. Anyways, isn't that the truth? huh? Uh, so uh, his whole thing of bringing Ukraine into that speech was disgusting. Trying to force that onto the American people to get Congress to fund his ridiculous uh, war for the military industrial complex. Uh, pulling the Israeli deaths and the, and the uh, uh, savages and what the barbarians did to these uh, beautiful people out there. Uh, and uh, he's trying to tie the Ukraine war into this thing. We've already given enough money to Ukraine to start another country, for heaven's sakes. We could just start a whole new country. Uh, you know, really, though. I mean, how much more do you give? Uh, but anyways, the point is, the point is, have that argument and discussion on another day and don't involve it into what's going on in the Middle East and Israel. I thought it was disgusting. It was a flea, a market, like a flea market attempt. Um, it was really in poor taste. Um, what's happening now in in uh, Israel, and I want to bring Alana Friedman on here, but the uh, the North thinks are hedging their bets in the North part of uh the Middle East, uh, Lebanon and uh, Hezbollah, uh, the other proxy from Iran. And Hezbollah and Hamas, as I stated to you yesterday on their fantastic show when we ran the interview with the Hamas son, uh, the leader, the Hamas, the uh, Hamas, uh, the son of a Hamas leader, uh, an amazing interview he did. And we can't, we have all six, seven minutes of that on yesterday's broadcast with some commentary from IQ Al Razuli. If you missed that, you want to go hear that was very compelling and very interesting. But understanding who these people are and the fact that they they are what they are, understanding jihadi and what that's about, the only way to end Hamas and Hezbollah is to go into the Ayatollahs in Iran. Right now, they're moving people out of the northern towns. It appears that they're expecting the north. It seems they're posturing for the north to open up with the intelligence that Israel has. It looks like uh, Gaza, it looks like they're also on the verge of going in there. 
and also you've got the hostages. Ilana, let's start with the hostages. This was a significant story. What do we know about it? Well, what we know is who the hostages that they released are. Uh, it's a mother and daughter, Judith Ratnan and her daughter, Natalie Ratnan. Uh, we don't know much about them and we don't know what, what the situation really is. But the, I think the most important part of this, remember there are over 200 hostages and these are only two people that they've released in, in, in part of a PR effort. Um, but any lives are valuable and we're glad to have them back. I think the best thing that comes out of this, aside from their freedom, which is obvious, is the fact that they will be able to give information to the Israeli military um, about what their situation was. Perhaps they were with other hostages and that kind of intelligence couldn't be very valuable. Yeah, so that's what, what I was have, thinking. Yeah, but we just don't know how much they know. So, I mean, they could have been kept alone away from everybody else. Uh, or sure. alternatively, they could have been not in a tunnel or in a tunnel. It, it, there are all kinds of sure. things that, yeah. you know, Israeli intelligence, when it's working, is very, very good. Well, they're going and, to be interviewed uh, heavily. I mean, they'll be in okay. behind closed doors talking for quite some time. We don't even know how if they were abused, if they were tormented, tortured, or fed. We don't know any of that yet. But that I'm sure that will all come out, Ilana. Um, what this whole PR, they, they are like, they're, you know, it's like, it's like today's 2023 terrorist group, like all the things they do, like the whole, uh, blowing up the hospital thing, blaming it on Israel. I mean, everything they do, I mean, and trying to garner all the media attention and all the momentum now with these, uh, this, uh, hostage release, it's like, like they're playing like a PR game. It's exactly it. And they're always trying to outsmart the game at this point, looking for popular opinion. Is that what's going on here? Uh, well, yeah, I think they're looking for uh, for advantage on the international stage. They they are uh, they're terrorists. I mean, they and and they like to play the media. The me and the media <laughs> walks right into it every time. Uh, you know, they have the media has never learned that as soon as something happens, Hamas and Hezbollah does the same thing. That they will come out with a story, whether it's true or not, it'll be to their advantage. Right. And right. moments, the story gets out, and they they have a direct line to the to the media, and the media grabs it and runs with it. Just Ilana, like they... e even if we got rid of uh, tomorrow, even if we were able to beat the the savages down, uh, the Hamas savages and the uh, the barbarians to the north, the um, Hezbollah. We still have the problem. We still have the, the head of the snake in uh, Tehran. I mean, until we address that, we're just screwing around here, aren't we? Well, yeah, it's not just the head of the snake in, in Tehran, but the, the head of Hamas uh, isn't in, in Gaza. That's he's true. living He's living a he's good life. He's in Qatar. He's in Qatar. Yeah, so, so this is, uh, he's got, he, he, and, and yeah. he has to be taken out. Yeah. And that's going to be a lot of well, well, that's another point I brought up to you and IQ the other day. Why don't we do some pin? We know where these cats are. Why don't we do some pinpoint bombing and, and give them their wish of death? Well, I don't think it's going to be pinpoint bombing in Qatar. I think it's going to be something something more like an, a, a, a targeted assassination. But it can be done. It's been done before. And it may not be the Israelis who do it. Maybe somebody else entirely. But that's you. If you're talking about the head of the snake, that's got to come first, and then you're talking about Iran. Iran, 
you there's not much that can be done in Iran except for targeted attacks because Iran is a country and once you start attacking a country you're at war so the the question is you know the the targeted attacks are something Israel well, has been very when you say that when we're, we're at war but everybody speaks in riddles on this thing until we really get rid of the cancer which is the Aitolis. I mean, the dude in Qatar there, uh, uh, Mr. Snake himself, that represents Hamas, that's still just one proxy group, one terrorist proxy group. That's all that is. He's not the head of the snake. He's the head of Hamas. But the Ayatollahs, this is their war and their money. They give a billion dollars a year to Hamas, uh, Ilana. I don't know how much they give to Hezbollah. Yes, they do. But I think it's really important to understand that this is not something that Israel is likely to take on itself unless unless the the uh, Iran attacks Israel frontally and right. in case right. they are ready. which means we're never going to fix this problem it means we're spinning well, our wheels we're never going to fix it i mean we just keep doing the same thing and we're never going to fix it in fact if you go if you dial this back 20 years and look at some of the conversations that were had in the 80s and the 90s after the uh, Iranian revolution and even in the early 20 2010s uh, you know, we're having, we're just doing the same thing. We're spinning our wheels with these terrorist groups. It's the same garbage, same thing with Afghanistan. Nothing changes because we never address the root problem. What I'm trying to get at, they never address the root of the problem. They never address the, the jihads. They never address what their ultimate goal is. We address it here. We do it all the time. But isn't that the problem, Alana? Yeah, well, look, when we had uh, President Trump at the helm and he took out Soleimani, he did it with a, uh, a an airborne missile, uh, and it was a direct hit on his car. That's what he, I was talking about a minute ago well, when I said you Qatar and uh, the Ayatollahs. And, that's what I'm talking and, about. And that's what I'm talking about when I say what what is required is targeted attacks, not you attack bet. on. Okay. Well, well that's what so, I'm talking about. Yeah. Tar- targeted so, attacks to take them out. Yeah. We're just coming from different sides, but it's, it's yeah, the, same, if, the same issue. If, if I can interject, you know, we, uh, Malcolm, you said we can never uh, get rid of the problem. And that is true. There'll always be evil in the world. But uh, as Ilana said, uh, when Trump took out Soleimani, um, he was a, a, a top Iranian military leader. And sure. when he was killed and Trump said, go ahead, try and do us damage, do anybody harm and see what happens to you next time. You know, then they are harnessed. They are controlled. And um, that can be done again, as you said, nobody's invisible. We know who these people are. We know who the bad boys are, where they live, and nobody is untouchable. So it can happen, but it takes a resolve. It takes a will uh, and it takes somebody to say we can do it. Well, that's my bigger point. I mean, our satellites tell our uh, leaders, uh, Steve, uh, what brand of Wheaties they have them for breakfast. I mean, they know exactly. what these cats are doing. They know everything about it. They can go right and micro look right on the ground. It's amazing what they can see uh, with this now. They know what's happening in Gaza. They know where they're at. They can see everything. And they monitor this 24-7 uh, to see. They've got a whole setup on this thing. You know that. That's just how we know yes. all this stuff. Yeah, so it just comes down to resolve. Do we want to take them out? Do we want to do the right thing? And I think that has to be the ever-predominant issue that we face. That's why I asked the question, and I put it out there, Steve, uh, actually yesterday, day before, day before that, and day before that. And I'll address this to both of you, Ilana, Steve, and it's this here. Our political people, our leaders here, the way we keep doing the same thing, and we never get a different result, 
and but it is um it is it, it it's a point of total insanity and they they do it ilana in such a way they never address the core problem they just keep doing the same thing and it never fixes what ails us and the enemy is getting stronger while all this is happening. They're a lot stronger now than they were 20 years ago. They have more direct pointed missiles. They got more things to do, more harm, more death, more damage. Now with AI coming in, technology coming in, I could tell you right now, if they don't go after the head of this thing um, and give these people, since they want to die so badly, uh, humanity is going to is going to be in a pretty rough space just ahead with our future generations. They're not going to be able to exist anymore, Ilana. Well, I'll tell you, I think what, what Israel is doing, I mean, our, our president is, is a disaster, and I don't think he's going to do anything that's going to have any meaning. But uh, when you look at what Israel is trying to do, uh, I believe they will be successful, and they do know what their mission is, and they are going to do it one way or another. Uh, you know, one of the interesting things about Israel that I think Americans don't really understand is that they not only have a wonderful fighting force, but they've got soldiers and, and their citizens with enormous resolve. You know, when, when war yeah, breaks up, most people leave and yeah. they run in Ukraine. People and they go left. to the war. They, they flew home it's, to get back involved. That's right. That's right. Thousands of Israeli reserves living abroad well, yeah. got on planes and You're went right. to- You're right. You know, Ilana, there's another interesting difference I want to ask you about, and I, I was trying to get to this point earlier, and I, I forgot to make the point, but it's this. You know what the other thing I'll say to you that Israel has that American leadership doesn't is that our leadership here consistently, and actually on both sides of the aisle, a lot, less of the conservative group and the caucus and the freedom movement here, but they treat Iran and they treat even leaders in Afghanistan and Al-Qaeda and all these groups, they actually act and treat them like they're rational players. They actually, all the, like the deals they make, the agreements they make, the conversations they have, and then they talk to us like they're rational people, like, but they're, they're marching orders, as IQ has pointed out many times, their Quran gives them every will and every bit of opportunity legally in their minds to throw any agreement away, do any part of anything for the whole point of Allah, that ever all bets are off. If you can kill all those people in the name of Allah and come up here, you're, you're golden is what IQ always throws out there. We treat these people like they're rational players, like with the agreements and the deals we make and the conversation, like, like somehow like we can have a real honest agreement here, a conversation. And yet that never happens. Israel knows who they are. They know they are the first culprit. And of course, death to Israel and then death to America is the one, two right out of their mouths that they always speak of and always have done that. But you know what I'm talking about? When I'm talking about rational, we can't treat these people as rational human beings. We cannot treat them as rational leaders, as rational countries. There's nothing rational about, about the savage BS that they do to human life. There's nothing rational about anything these people stand for. Yet Israel knows who they are, and they treat them like the animals they are, clearly. They go in for the destruction. I say let's put and Israel in charge and clean the deck. Give them all the well, money I they need and blow them up. I agree with you completely. The problem is that Israel is a tiny country and America is a very large country. 
And like I said, give them everything they need. Okay, but what's happened is that because Israel considers that the Palestinians are rational people, when 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 America treats them like they're rational people, and Israel knows better and does what they have to do, then Israel becomes the bad guy, and they and well, you're talking about a PR campaign again. You're exactly right. You're exactly right with that PR campaign. I want you to know, Alana, on yesterday's show with that Hamas sons leader, look that up, friends. Had a very interesting conversation about the Palestinians, the movement, who they are, where they're at, with IQ Al Razuli. That is worthy to hear. And it is a PR campaign, as Alana points out there, totally. But you know what? We can't play to that PR campaign at all. And the Palestinians had many years to make a country. They had many years not to vote these uh, savage barbarians into office. They now are running it just like Hezbollah now is in the legislatures in Lebanon. They also have many of those, Ilana, in the legislation in Lebanon. Absolutely. Lebanon is run by Hezbollah. Yes, there it is. That's the government. So you don't have... You don't have rational people in, in, in at the at the helm. Not when they want to kill you. Not when they want to kill Lebanon. you. What the hell is rational about that? There is nothing. Well, for them, that's their that's their mission. I mean, Steve. At the end of the day, God didn't put us all here to be killed by these other savages. This is worse than uh, what the world dealt with when uh, you know when Noah was building the ark. I mean, this is a hell lot worse than that moment. It is. It's horrible. And the, and the truth is, you know, Malcolm, you mentioned that the, we never seem to do anything that amounts to anything that that does anything to stop the evil. And I really intentionally believe we need to emphasize that this is intentional incompetence. I mean, just the fact that uh, the Biden uh, empire is giving uh, the Palestines, a uh, hundred million dollars in aid, giving it to Hamas. We know what they are going it's to do. It's a joke. It's a joke. It, it is. It's going to result in more fighting, more bloodshed. And uh, that's what we have as a leadership. And well, if we are the big brother to Israel, God help Israel. And what I said in the last couple of days, uh, Steve, is uh, I, I tell the listeners here. I mean, how sick is this? We fund all sides of the war. We're funding everything. We fund it all. We fund the enemy. We fund the winner. We fund the loser. We fund the mediocre people. We fund everybody. We fund the law. We give you the weapons. We fund. We fund the whole stupid thing. Malcolm, do you know what the the Palestinians do with the money that we give them? They pay the 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 terrorists who are sitting in Israeli jails, and they pay them a lifetime stipend. Not only when they come out, if they if they come out, and they usually do, uh, when they come out, they get a stipend for life. And when they uh, uh, when their fam and their when they are in jail, their families get this money. See how ridiculous this is. See see how ridiculous dollars that go to terror. You're making my point. You're making my point. See how ridiculous this is. The whole thing is you're just making my point. And we still have 11 Americans unaccounted for. So they have our people there being held hostage, and we are paying them money. How stupid, how evil can we be? And we do it under some guise of humanitarian aid because of this. So they can come in and slice, slice the necks, butcher kids, women, children, men, everybody, young people. It doesn't matter. Any human part of life, they kill it, butcher it, torment it, torture it. I mean, just awful ungodly things. I've seen some of those videos. It makes me sick. 
And Me yet, too. And yet somehow yeah. we've got to be passionate for the Arab community that has embraced the group, the, the terrorist groups, because they're women and children. You know what I say to that, Alana? What? But I can guess. <laughs> Go on. I'm, I'm going to let you say it. Well, I, if I say it, it's going to be very harsh. I don't care what happens to them. I, I saw what happened to these these babies who were tied up in bundles and then set on fire. And I saw what, you know, all the, these are not people that need to be uh, uh, treated with kindness. And by the way, when this all happened, all the the, uh, the 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 civilians came out in the street and gave each other candy and cheered. I know. So, I know. so put the good guys down there. Yeah, yeah. I am fired up today, my friends. I am fired up, Ilana, Ilana Friedman, Doctor Steve Latulip. I'm just fired up, man. Uh, and uh, um, you know, I could go another round here. Uh, we take the next hour. We'll we'll take it uh, from uh, after dark. No, maybe not. <laughs> the, sh the next show on the network. Uh, I am fired up today, and I knew this coming in. Uh, mostly uh, with uh, both things. They're they're both hot topics. The um, uh, the 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 leadership in Washington D.C. and the speakership, and then again, you know, the insanity of all this, friends. I just. I just never was, I never had a lot of patience. When I was in the boardroom as a CEO, I mean, I'm passionate. Um, uh, I got a lot of energy. I love people. I don't do stupidity or insanity. I just, it's never been my strong suit. I mean, it just isn't. It just isn't. And I, I just think we have to call this out for what it is. And we have to get smarter on how to fight this fight. We're letting these politicians uh, kill us all. They're sucker punching us and they're killing us all. And there's no rational thinking here at all. It's all stupid stuff. And they just keep doing whatever. Like somehow it's a victory. You know, I mean, really, though, kicking the can and doing if, even if they can kick the can. Biden couldn't even find the can to kick it. He'd fall on his ass in a hot second. I mean, we know that. I mean, but, you know, I, I'm just even over that. It's all so smug and tongue-in-cheek with Biden. I, I'm even over all of that stupidness. You know what I mean? You know, it's like everybody's making fun of me. Biden's not even worth it. It's not even worth our time. I mean, the guy's a despicable creature. He was that way in the Senate. He's worse today because he's got the other parts of his health problems. I mean, now you, you really got somebody who is feckless and obnoxious and criminal and he's he's a fraud he's a fraud sold out the country tyranny treason anyways that's my story today friends and i'm sticking to it thank you for joining me on the mission here it's time to get involved and get loud america